0: Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Vintook, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Thank you so much for that testimony. It's just, um, first of all, I want to say you are a warrior. <laughs> yeah. um, but what a great reminder of uh, who our God is. He stands by us in every situation, so thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, we're continuing with our, our theme, uh, this battle. The battle belongs to our God. Uh, last week, uh, I got to be part of a really great, I'll call it an event, it was Max's uh, bachelor party. I went over to go-karting and laser tag, and then we went over to Franklin's place. I don't know if Franklin is here today. Uh, he's not here today. But we went over to, to Franklin's place and had delicious food. I don't know who marinated that meat, but I must say to whoever did that, thank you, thank you. I'm still thanking you. Yeah. But my favorite part of that day was sitting as, as this group of guys, uh, singles and, and married people, and sharing, and, and people asking questions, how, how do we deal with this as we go into marriage? And everyone sharing insight and, 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 and wisdom. And I was able to share from the vast knowledge of four years of marriage. <laughs> um, but one, the, the thing that, that was really amazing was just how encouraged I was. Uh, standing there with other believers and leaving that place, um, this guy there who was there, Joe, he, he said, man, I just feel like, like I was at a Bible study. I feel so encouraged. I said, yeah, I feel like going to be like a super husband now. So here I was driving home. It, it, it's, it's, it's around 11 o'clock. I think I'm be, I'm going to, I'm so amped. I'm so pumped. Jen doesn't even know the love she's getting, right? It's going to be like husband 2000. And then the next day, which was a Sunday, I come home from church and she said, we need to go shopping and get a few things, and I have very, very bad endurance with shopping, and Jen is a marathon runner of shopping, and I remember one of the things, walking out on that side last Saturday, thinking, I need to be more patient with that, I don't like it, but she does, I need to be more patient with that, and I found myself, like, after after about an hour, I'm like, no, 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 hmm. you start to to fiddle. And then she says, can we go into the like, Can I just sit outside? Right? And I was getting less and less patient. And as I sat outside, um, cotton on, I thought, what am I doing? Yesterday, I was supposed to, to change and become super husband. But here I am being impatient. And we've talked about this many times. Right? Just be more patient with me. And here I was messing up. Again, and our passage today is about this this battle that we have, the battle that we have with sin. And um, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter seven, um, from verse fifteen to verse twenty-five. And it's up there in the NLT. You can read in whatever version you would like. And this is Paul speaking. He said, "I don't really understand myself. For what I for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate." But I know that what I'm but I know that what I'm going to do is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am, really, am, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. These are tongue twisters. There's so many do's in here. I have discovered the prince, this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin. That is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And this passage as he's writing this, I I, I see frustration. Him being being a leader in the church, God's missionary to the Gentiles, and then him struggling with sin. And he's probably thinking to to himself, what am I doing? He says, what? I don't understand myself. I don't know what's wrong with me. And don't we go through that too? Don't we hear something? I think of the many times I hear a great sermon, and then I think, okay, now I know what to do. there has been a great application. It's outlined what I need to do, how I need to change. I say I'm going, I'm doing it now. Get it right once, twice, three times and then I'm back to old habits again. It's really frustrating. And and Paul is saying, I have have good intentions. I know what's right. It's like the stuff that I want to do, I know this is the right thing to do. He has God's word and he, he, he he was trained as a Pharisee. He has God's word in his mind. He's memorized it. He's saying, I know what those laws mean. I know what God has asked me to do. He wants to do what is right. We read God's word and we know God is right. There's not a time that I read God's word and I go, hmm, I don't know about this. Right. I know it's right. I know God's word is good. And He says this. He, says he knows it's good. He loves it with all of his heart. I enjoy reading God's word. I really love it love uh, reading God's word and finding out new things and nothing gets me pumped to try to, to, to obey God like learning something new I agree with the things God is asking me to do we want to do what is good don't we don't we all want to do what's right but then we have an enemy an enemy on the inside right the sinful nature, A.K.A. the flesh. Right? When we give our lives to Christ, it's it's. I remember that day, the day I gave my life to Christ. I just felt like a whole new person. I felt light. I, I just felt like everything was good that day. I remember going home and 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 like it's just like all these things like ooze out of it. It's like love and kindness and. Real. I remember going home and 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 I was walking through. Um, uh, through 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 the gardens in Cape Town. And as, as I was walking through there, because uh, I was told by one of the guys, look, uh, especially if you're passing by some rough people, you need to look hard. Like, you need to make sure. The person looks at you and thinks, no, I don't want to mess with this guy. And so it was just my practice. Everywhere I went in Cape Town, just to mean-mug everybody. <laughs> right? But this day, I was just beaming. I was just smiling and greeting everyone. And... Many people probably thought I was weird. And I and I was on cloud nine that day. I was like, I am going to do so much good for you, God. You don't even know. And then I remember getting home. And that night, having a deep debate with all my knowledge of being a Christian. With my roommate, who's a Muslim. And I remember us I getting very heated. And I remember saying things that I shouldn't have said. And being actually pretty harsh, and he's the one who said to me, "Listen, let's stop arguing, because we're gonna mess up our brotherhood." And he was a very kind guy. He's like I, I still remember to this day. His name is is and he, he he moved to Indonesia, but um, he's been like he was like a brother to me in those years. I remember one day getting so sick and throwing up all over the place, and and this guy Quirin just. Followed after me, cleaning up my vomit. And this, yeah, this is the guy that, that I'm now talking to in this harsh way. And I remember thinking, what am I doing? I just received Christ, right? In my mind, I thought, okay, there's going to be this super transformation. going to be good. It's going to be amazing, right? But we have this sinful nature. And this, this process of us being saved, it's, 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 it's a past event present event, ongoing, and a future event that will be completed. When Jesus died on the cross and he, he won the victory over sin and death, and when we choose him, we cross over from death to life. That's finished. That's done. We are made new. We are a new creation. Corinthians, it says, we are a new creation. We're made alive. But then there's a process that happens from now until the day we are in heaven. God is working on us, sanctifying us, purifying us. It's a process. And someday, it's going to be completed. Someday, there'll be no more sin, no more temptation. Right? We will relate to God the way that we're supposed to. Without this sinful nature. But as we live here, we have to fight with this thing. We have to struggle with this thing. And it's like this sinful nature is constantly pulling you all the time. And Paul refers to it as someone else. Like the first part, I, I, I read this and I thought, man, I know what he's doing, but it sounds very hopeless when you read that part. He says, I'm a slave to sin. I'm a slave to this sinful nature. But verse 17 and verse 20, he says, it's not me, but my sinful nature. He says, uh, Another time he says, there's another power at work in my mind. This is just an expression of this enemy on the inside that he has to keep fighting. You sometimes just sit and have a random, horrible thought, or just tempted to do something wrong. I always think of um, when we were young and you know something nice is being cooked, like meat, meat with some nice green peppers and, and onions. Maybe mom stepped out for a second. and You just need just a little taste. And you steal that meat and you run off. And even though you're burning as you're eating it, it's delicious. Right?
1: Someone said to me,
0: that is testimony that we're evil and we don't need to be taught anything wrong. Because we enjoy it. Why, Why is it that uh, uh, there, there was a saying that the stolen sugar tastes is the sweetest, right? It's because we, we love what is wrong. Our sinful nature loves what is wrong. But when we're made alive in Christ we have this intention. We, our heart is changed. We want to do the things that God is calling us to do. But at the same time There's a sinful nature also pulling us the other side that wants to gratify all of our sinful desires, that wants to pull us back that way. Do you feel like Paul does sometimes? Where you failed so many times, you wonder whether it's worth trying again. Do you ever come to God, coming to, 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 to pray, once again, asking for forgiveness, and thinking to yourself, this is probably... The thousandth time. Why am I here? And, and God is probably so tired of hearing me say this. There are times when I pray like, God, I know you've heard this many times. I'm sorry. I want to turn away from myself. You sometimes come to, 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 to God and even before you start to pray to us for forgiveness, you feel like you need to do something. Right? to Do something good so that God is kind of in a good mood when you come to ask for forgiveness again. Right? Maybe I'll just read my Bible just a bit more. Right? I was going to do two chapters, but today I'm doing 20. See me, God. Do You sometimes wonder whether you're even a believer. You're like, I thought I'm supposed to be a new creation changed. Here I am again and again and again and again. And Paul, Paul ends this this, this, this um, chapter with this, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ. And that's the end of, of, of chapter 7. And in chapter 8, he starts off by saying this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. He speaks to, to, to that question that we have. Am I too far gone? Have I sinned too much? Have I gone too far? He's saying in Christ, there is no condemnation. He did this so that the just requirement of the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit. First things first: no condemnation. Because of Christ and his sacrifice, we don't have our sins being counted up against us. That's done. He, he paid the price, and that's done. We are righteous in God's eyes because of Christ's righteousness. And then it says that we are freed from the power of death and sin. No longer slaves. It says the law could not save us. And, and God gave the law to, to, to the Israelites, uh, to, 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 to his people at the time, to show them, this is my standard. This is who I am. This is the standard that I'm calling you to. But also the law was there to, 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 to convict us and show us that we can't meet that standard. We cannot. And it, it pointed forward to the need for something else. The need for salvation. When Jesus came and he, and he, and he came and he, and he showed us what God intended for us to be, he came and he lived a perfect life, one of perfect submission to God. One way his, his will was doing the will of his father. That's what he was about. He was about submitting to God. And then after living this perfect life, he gave his, his body. This innocent body he gave as a perfect sacrifice. And we receive, when we accept Christ, we receive the payment, this perfect sacrifice. Jesus fulfilled the, the promise, and when it says that the, the, the requirement of the law, the sacrifice was that the wages of sin is death, that every single sin is punishable by death. Every single one of us deserves it. that Jesus says, "I will pay the price. He died that we would have freedom, that we would have salvation. So it continues and he talks about this idea and unpacks this idea, what it means to be freed now from this sinful nature. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never, it never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And this this passage, this part of the passage starts to tell us something. It shows us something that's key. He uses the word letting. It says, so us letting our sinful nature control our minds, leads to death. And Paul, Paul here is speaking to believers, and he's saying, "You are no longer a slave. You are no longer under its control. When you fall, it's because you let yourself be led by the sinful nature. We choose what we let control our minds. Perhaps this is, this is something that can be kind of a, a, a litmus test for us. Am I living by the Spirit? Am I living this the sinful nature? Right? It says, if we're living and being controlled by it, letting ourselves be controlled by it, even as believers, that means our minds are, are thinking about those things. That's where we are. We're not living by the Spirit. I think, let's, let's think about the thoughts that, that we have in our minds all the time. Are there thoughts that please God or is it thoughts that please ourselves? Think of maybe you're in a confrontation and you're right and someone offends you. Maybe someone swears at you. And God says that we're supposed to speak the truth but speak it in love. Our sinful nature will think retaliate. Our sinful nature will think I'm going to get revenge at the perfect time. We need to think of, we need to look at our thoughts. So where are we? Are we letting our sinful nature control us? Making our thoughts sinful and about ourselves and about our own desires? Is our mind about following what the Spirit is calling us to do? We can't remove the sinful nature, but we have to make a choice. Will we let it control us? Paul reminds us that we shouldn't let the sinful nature control us. And, and he reminds us that the sinful nature hates God. and we see it at work, before, before I was a believer, uh, I remember many people talking to me about Jesus. And I remember many, many, what I thought were very smart ways of getting out of those conversations. Because there's something in me that didn't want to hear it. I didn't want the things of God. I remember... Uh, being a teenager and there were actually quite a few, uh, quite a few people at school with me who were at YWAP. And even my cousin who was in the same who lived in the same house with me, she went to YWAP every Friday. And it was literally up the street. Five minutes. I didn't want that. Because my sinful nature was rebelling. It, it, it just did not mix with God. It's 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 a powerful thing, but what Paul said at the end of the last chapter: "But thank God that Jesus Christ is the answer." He says this about the sinful nature in Galatians five: but "The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to that of the sinful, uh, and sinful nature desires." The two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you're controlled by the Spirit, when you let yourself be led by the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 9 to 11, it starts off with this again. It says, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. And if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in you do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lived, lives in you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made life with God. And the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to our mortal bodies the same Spirit living within. He's talking about this. He's talking about the Spirit giving life, right? and, and, and he's talking about presently and also the future. But because of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the guarantee, the deposit, we have eternal life in Him. But like here in this earth, here on this side of it, as we fight the, the, the sinful nature, He gives us life. He gives us the strength to stand against the sinful nature. Paul reiterates again that we do actually have a soul. Those who are in Christ are controlled by the Spirit. Those who are in Christ are led by the Spirit. And he encourages again, it says, it says this, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same Spirit. And he's, he's saying this because even no one else in that time had raised people from the dead. No one had conquered death. There was no person who died and rose again. He says, by that spirit, that same spirit is in you, and that spirit will give you the power to fight this sinful nature that previously we were slaves to. A slave has no way of freeing themselves unless someone more powerful than the slave master comes and frees that slave. And that's the Holy Spirit. And he says this, he says this to us because he's reminding us this is, this is the God of heaven and earth. This is the one who spoke things into existence. He's the one who speaks and there is life. And he speaks in this way and gives us life. He says, we don't have to be living in sin that leads, leads to death. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by, by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We overcome our sinful nature by being in submission to the power of the Spirit. Uh, Mike so so beautifully summed this up last week as he spoke about David and Goliath. And in that story, uh, we are not the hero. David wasn't the hero in that story. It was God who was the hero. And David understood that. That's why he overcame Goliath. He says, I'm coming at you with the power of God. I'm coming at you with the commander of the Lord's armies. He is coming at you. Not me. He understood that. And I think for us to, to be able to overcome our sinful nature, we need to do just that. We need to understand that it's not going to be our own power. How many times have we tried to do things? Think of New Year's resolutions. We start off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure I exercise every day. No more sugar. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to read 50 books this year. A lot of times we do that in our own strength. Soon, a couple of weeks later, we've fallen off. But Jesus says, I want you to rely on me. I want you to understand that you cannot do this yourself. That I will give you the strength. And if you trust that I will do that, I will do that. But if you take pride in your own strength, you will fall. The sinful nature will get you. It's not my strength. It's not my discipline. It's not my morality. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to come to a place of submitting to And say, God, I can't do this on my own. I've tried so many times. I've tried to get rid of this son. I've, I've tried to become more like your son in my own strength. But I can't. Show me how, God. Let me submit this to you. Let this be an act of worship. Strengthen me as I stand against this. And only, only through you will I win this matter. Uh, let me uh, pray for us as we close our time, and I'd like for us to, where we're, where we're sitting, um, talk to God about this. Ask God, God, have I been trying to do this in my own sin? i mean, in my own strength. Am I trying to fight sin in my own strength? Is there this habit that I keep on saying that I'm going to deal with when I need to be where I to you? That me to trust you. Jesus, thank you so much for for what you did on the cross, you did what we could not you lived a perfect life you lived in perfect submission to the Father and then died to pay the price thank you God that that as we receive you we receive your righteousness it was your work it's your power that saved us thank you thank you Jesus that you give us that you sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that you live within us. And and that you were there when when, uh, everything was created, you created. And you give that power to us so that we can live in victory over sin. God, I pray that we would in humility come to you and say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. Thank you, Jesus, that um, that as you call us to, to, to very hard things, standing against the sin, that you don't leave us alone. So I pray, Lord, that we will and on In Jesus' name we This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.